What's up, everyone? Kevin Allen here, aka The Geek, and I've got John Statsational Alicia, top 10 elbow-to-fist assassin, with me to break down the NFL Week 14 slate from a DFS and betting angles perspective. Let's do this. Oh, shit. The music ended. It's very mellow, uh, man. It's very mellow. I'm feeling like I'm back in my trance days, you know, hitting up, you know, hitting up the scene. Were you part of the of trance scene, John Satsation? I, I was never part of the trance scene, no. No? A lot of people, a lot of people would say uh, you kind of walk around in a trance. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. See, that's because, you know, listen, you know, before I became the uh, fantasy football geek, you know, I'd be out there with the uh, with the light sticks, baggy pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing my thing. And I, I mean, I was, listen, I was a big club guy, but it was more like, you know, the Brooklyn, Long Island, New York, like the oh, back no. in the day with the, you know, no, the no. guys going out to the clubs. The Brooklyn club is not the same as, you well, know. The Brooklyn, listen, Bay Ridge clubs back in the day, that was the, in the 80s was like, you know, when I was, I was a little younger, but if you wanted to get into a I fight, was, it was a good spot. The 86 Mets all used to hang out in Bay Ridge. It's a good fight spot. It was a good fight spot. Yeah. If you want to, Get into trouble, you go to Bay Ridge to the clubs. That's right. So last place I ever went. Literally never would go there. Like, I'm on Long Island, Bridgeview Yacht Club. It's called... Uh, Sprouts on the Water? Uh, I don't know. The name has changed so many times. But I was all about the Long Island clubs. F- friendlier friendlier uh, uh, women. Oh, that yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, a little friendly. Brooklyn was the toughest. No, the Manhattan. Manhattan was tough. Yeah, toughest. Tough. Brooklyn. Long Island, was, Long Island was the best. Yeah, that's where you want. Or Jersey. Actually. Oh, yeah. 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 If you cross the outer bridge over into uh, Sayerville, Hunkabunkas. Hunkabunkas in Sayerville, man. Yeah. 18th to party, 21 to drink. That was the spot. Hunkabunka. You know, you want to hear a story? Oh, all right. I got a Hunkabunka story before we get into the break. <laughs> you want to hear a Hunkabunka story? I would love so, a Hunkabunka story. So, of course, I was living in Brooklyn, and the crew, we were always, we had the same thoughts. These are not new. We were like, oh, Manhattan. You know, it's like a sporting event of women not wanting to talk to us in Manhattan when we went out, right? So that wasn't cool. So we are like, all right, let's go to Jersey. I heard on Z100 that they got something going on over at Hunkabunka. So I grabbed the crew, load them in the back of the blazer, right? And we're driving hunk of bunkers sayerville baby have a great night on the way back i'm driving through staten island and all of a sudden i have no brakes no brakes car has no brakes nothing great pull it over no brakes i'm like fuck this is fucked dude you know i'm 21 years old Paying for a tow at that point, you might as well take like two weeks worth of salary out of my pocket. How'd you stop the car? You just let it come to a roll? Oh, oh, oh first of all, and that's very important, guy. Yo, public service announcement. Every hold on. I, can I bring the bring the camera in close? Public service. Okay. If you ever lose the brakes, number one move, you slap the car into first gear, it slows it down. 
Okay. And the first gear will slow down that vehicle enough that eventually you can neutral and get it to stop. Right. But the key is you got to shift it into first gear that the engine naturally slows the vehicle down. No brakes. The best part is how, what I did after this though. This isn't all right. So we, so, you know, call somebody else, somebody pick me up, blah, 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 the whole deal. Everybody gets home. Now I've got my car stuck in Staten Island. It's got to get back to Brooklyn, put some brake fluid in that shit. So I, I grabbed my buddy at four o'clock in the morning. Now I'm like, dude, we got to go get the car. And I, when I tell you that we, that I had my friend push it with his car. So I had my buddy at five o'clock in the morning, no cars on the road, pushing my car with his car over the Verrazano bridge onto the belt parkway all the way to exit 11 mill basin then on the streets past king's plaza and to the home front that's pretty good that's pretty no good no breaks no breaks that's crazy all push not push not no, i'm sorry not push i'm sorry i said it wrong I, the car ran now he wasn't pushing me he was in front of me as a Hopping buffer oh, so that's, that's even crazy if i couldn't stop at least i would smack that's a boy that's like, that's tight. Your buddy, I'm, and I said it wrong. He drove in front of me, right? And if I wasn't going to be able to stop, it was at least I'll crash into you and not someone else. We did that all the way back, all the way back home. 35, 40 minute drive like that. No brakes, nothing. No ability to slow the vehicle whatsoever. Except for first gear. It was scaring me a few months ago. My, my, the, the accelerator got stuck on my oh, uh, the, on my what, car. What that happened? Accelerator got stuck. I went. I was. I floored it to get past. There was a truck that was like tilted. I'm like, this thing looks like it's gonna fall. So I floored it to get past this truck on the highway. And then my accelerator never came back. It got uh, stuck down. Yeah, that is scary. Neutral. Scary. Neutral. I did. Yeah, that's what I did. So then, uh, and then I parked. It, it it was getting caught like on the the carpeting or whatever. In yeah, the, that happened on the floorboard. So um, that's a good yeah, way to die. Come by back. The way. But that's a good, it's a good way to die. It's a great way to die. Yeah, yeah. I was I was absolutely had had everything floored. So that was it was awesome. Yeah, it was a scary feeling. Threw it into neutral? Yeah, threw it into neutral and, and that's uh, good thinking, the brakes worked though. So like if you hit the brake, it did slow it down, but you couldn't take your foot off the brake because the thing was just a like, no, revving. That's yeah. bananas. So, yeah, that's a scary thing. Throw it into neutral in that situation, guys. Use did. a lot of young a lot of people don't realize that you actually use the, the shift has uses doesn't have a lot of use but like i said you got no brakes shift down to first gear slows the car down people don't even know you're supposed to use second and first specifically to slow the car down that's why that exists it's there to slow it down in the snow slow it down all right what are we here are we talking mechanics no we're here to talk nfl week 14 main slate action and um we were just talking about this earlier about how the games simply don't have the type of high high totals that we saw last season it's now official john it's official we are like scoring is down this season what is what do your numbers say about overall scoring in the nfl this year and what's going on uh it looks it looks like we're at like 45 and a half points a game something like that as opposed uh, to what last season? So we were up around the 47, a little over 47. You know, we, we've lost a good point and a half a game, which is a lot. 
Um, and the, we're getting back to levels. I got to look back in my uh, previous seasons, but we're probably like where we are, we're like 10 years ago where, you know, little by little, we were, we've been increasing points scored over the last 10 yeah, plus the years. Rules, the, the rules, rules have, have been changed. designed yeah. to allow for more scoring. So what, what, what's going on? Is it Mahomes having a bad year causing a whole, a whole ripple effect? But it just seems like it's just not, it's, it's not just Mahomes. I've been thinking about that. This is what I think about in the, in, you know, when I'm in the shower, I was thinking about it. Yes. I'm like, you know, I actually, I'm like, I want to ask Kevin his opinion on this because I don't know. I'm not seeing anything. Usually there's some sort of a rule change. There's there's some sort of something, but I don't see a rule. Generally, the rule changes are in favor of the offense, every every rule change that they make. So I can't see anything that's being done. I, I'm going to have to go. Actually, the one thing I haven't checked is penalties yet. I'm going to go look at that when we're done um, and see if they're just calling penalties in a different way because that's happened too in the flip where they were going to uh, be more lenient on uh, offensive holding penalties, and that increased the scoring, of course. Um, so usually these things are hidden in uh, penalties. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if that, maybe they're calling less pass interference calls. I don't know. Could it um, be, could it be, and, and just keep it real. Could it be that just a few teams suck so bad this year that it's dragging the whole NFL down? Like the lions, Texans, jets, um, you know, shit, does that shit storm giants, Jaguars, like, there's so many there's garbage. Bad, yeah, but there's always been, you know, there's always been that. What we're seeing also this year is like how many times have we looked at a game where like this is the absolute smash game, you know, Dallas, Kansas City, and it just comes up a dud, you know. So it's been a tough season. This has been a, a really tough go at it. Um, you know, I you could tell it's a tough year when I looked at my I the 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 uh, my big money fantasy, not my big money one, but I'm doing well on that one too. But one of my other uh, auction leagues, my team looked terrible. And I'm right there, uh, competing for first place right now in that league. Like it was a it was a keeper league. I'm like I didn't have many great keepers, and I'm crushing. I'm like, that's how you know it's a bad year. All my season long teams are doing really well. That, so that that's the sign. Toy. Yeah, it's a sign. That's the sign of a of a of a weird year. Yes, I hear it. By the it's way, it pretty, is yeah, this is the week that a lot of people are struggling to get into their fantasy playoffs. It's uh, you know, it's go time. It, this is it. But look at how many games we're gonna we're gonna go over them today. Every week outside of that week twelve Thanksgiving week, which you know I do the Survivor podcast, and uh, you know we focus on this a lot. That week, not that many big favorites. You know, you're going into these weeks. It's like five games every week that are eight points or more, and you sprinkle in a couple of two touchdown uh, type of lines, and that I think that's contributing to the to the game stacks not being as good either. This, well, this is what I, I think also. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had competitive games. We've seen a season where, for DFS purposes, you know, the idea of team and game stacking has just not worked as effectively as it had in the past. Although I still think it is the correct strategy, and we ha you have to continue doing it. Uh, maybe not always game stacking, but definitely team stack. Uh, I mean, I'll give some examples, but I, I just can't see any scenario where high-priced, non-running quarterbacks get you there without two of their pass catchers. So I continue to think, for example, that Tom Brady needs to be stacked with two every time. You know, guys like um, guys like that, guys like um, uh, Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford need to be two with two every time. As as distasteful as it might have felt for a lot of season where, where we'll go through it as we talk about this, but you don't always have to have the bring back and the bring backs have not been winning. The game stack hasn't been just what it's been in the past this year.
but I think it reverts back eventually. You got to keep with it. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that certainly was my attitude for a good chunk of the season, but <clears throat> it's starting to look like a trend, like something's up here. I mean, you do, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not shying away from the uh, game stack in that, um, you know, I'm bringing the comeback player, uh, from the other, you know, the opposing, uh, um, pass catcher with the, with the, um, with the quarterback, I'm still going to do that. I'm just not. Um, you know, I'm not stacking as heavy as as my plan was earlier in the year because last year it was like you needed four player stacks, four you know four player game stacks. That's just not the case this year. So I'm I'm pretty much it's it's much lighter now. I do agree. Like yeah, the Brady when Brady connects, it's probably going to be with two guys. We saw that last week. Um, so maybe you can you can have a couple of spots in here, but for the most part, I'm okay with just doing one. And and even if you if you didn't want you know some of these matchups where they don't look really good, it's a it's a big spread. You might you might not bring the comeback player at all. I've the other thing is some, a lot of running backs that that you could use with quarterbacks too. So, yeah, well, you have to count some of them as as with you know as pass catchers. I have a strategy this week. The way it you know I've already begun to formulate my quarterback strategy, and there are two pay down quarterbacks. One has higher danger than people would think. Two dangerous pay down quarterbacks, but that that can function as headless horsemen. Um, on lineups that are completely unstacked with the quarterback. And we're, we'll get into that. I want to talk a little bit about that when, when we get to those games and those players. So little teaser, not going to say who they are, teaser, got to stick around. But let's get started. The way the game plan works is we're going to look at a core four set of games. We picked out four games. There's really two that stand out, three and four, you know, maybe three, four. But we got four core four games that we're going to take a look at. We're going to do a little bit more in-depth look, betting angles. DFS breakdown, and then we'll we'll look at all the other games and try to figure out um, some plays, some DFS plays, some angles that we can target for this weekend. So without further ado, let's get into it. And the first game that I've got picked out, John, for the core four is the Raiders at the Chiefs with the Chiefs home nine and a half point favorites. Now, this is a non-competitive game. So why is it in the core four? And it's because that's how shit is. That's how it goes this week. You know, even non-competitive games, you have to consider, you know, the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. They are the highest team total on the slate. And they're taking on a Raiders team that really hasn't looked that great recently, but I think is better than minus nine and a half, uh, plus nine and a half here, in my opinion, JML. So, John, what do you think? This game, take a look, 48 point total. Nine and a half point home spread. The Chiefs haven't exactly been smashing, covering, you know, giant spreads this season. Nope, they haven't. You know, and Mahomes really for what's pretty much a season now, going back to last season, hasn't been that great at covering. Um, interesting that you would see a big underdog be the the uh, popular pick with the public, and that's what we're seeing here this week. Oh. All right, there it is. Yeah, so the public really likes that. It just looks like too many points. Public got to see the national game Thanksgiving, where Vegas upsets uh, Dallas. You know they've had their they've had their moments. You know this is it's kind of that's been the twenty twenty one season. Some some teams have looked really good some weeks, bad some. No one's been really great consistently all year outside of maybe uh, you know a couple of the, maybe Arizona. Um, you know, and they've thrown their dud up there as a ten point favorite as well. So. Um, but Vegas right down, you know, you don't know where you get in there. 
I think the public thinks 10 points, like you said, 10 points looks like a lot of points against a team where Mahomes hasn't dominated anyone all that much this season. Um, and we're seeing, though, the sharp money, which, which tends to be on the on the dog side, actually coming in on uh, Kansas City. This line opened at 10.5, and, and now you're getting uh, – you're getting nine and a half in a lot of spots. So you're dipping under that, as Gargano likes to say, that football number um, of 10. So that's where we're at on this game. If you look at the uh, yeah, what you're bringing up there, I think it's probably the most uh, total yardage that we're expecting on any of the, on any, any of the games in this slate. Uh, I don't know about that. It, I don't know about that. Dallas, Dallas. Uh, well, I mean, as a, as a game. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. The game, yeah. As a total, potentially. Yeah, um, yeah and, and that that's, that's what made this part of the core four because even in as much as um it's not it's a large spread and and non-competitive or whatever you know the numbers say that the raiders can do a little bit of damage here they're gonna figure it out they're gonna figure out how to get some passing yardings going passing yardage going right because they project at a healthy um at a healthy 300 passing yards like where's that coming from I don't even know. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting. So I do. I also have the, um, you know, I do the numbers where it's uh, based on the actual points that they've scored, DraftKings points. Yeah. Um, now this game, offensively on the whole, is right. It's it's right there. It's actually the third best game, but they're all really close. The Dallas, Washington, Buffalo, Tampa, um, they're all really close. But what's interesting is from a wide receiver standpoint, like Vegas is in the lower tier from wide receivers. And um, Kansas City wide receivers aren't projected to do that well. Now, the tight ends for both sides are projected to do uh, tremendous. So this is the highest tight end. You know, it's Kelsey. It's Waller. Yeah, because both, both um, teams feature the tight end. Yeah, So, but yeah. this is the highest tight end projection I have um, is Kansas City this week. The quarterbacks are kind of new. You know, Kansas City, Mahomes, he's up there um, in the top uh, half, but it's nothing It's nothing uh, crazy. He's probably top uh, five or six. And, and – um, cars in the middle so you know it's not none of these games are smash games you know it's hard to say like there Kansas is one City against there, there is there is a yeah, there's a game that you like but my, but it's, it's like i don't have confidence after seeing this season like in any of these games i do like the game that you like and we'll, we'll be getting into that shortly but you know mahomes against vegas a team where they've given up like you think this would be the game but i don't know you know i'm um uh, not necessarily so yeah, um, looking at this one, so yeah, I'm agree with you. You know, the Raiders are traditionally known as weak against the tight end. Like that's a thing with the Raiders defense going back a few years. So maybe Kelsey bounces back here, but it, one has to, you know, one has to acknowledge that Kelsey's been a massive disappointment this year overall as player. Doesn't mean he's not great at all that. He could pop off for 30 any game, 22, likely outcome most of the time, but Definitely, definitely um, been a little bit disappointing. And paying up for Kelsey is is a lineup ruiner um, a lot of the time. And especially this week, it's not that easy to just randomly take luxury um, spots at the tight end position. I don't know if Waller's even going to be back for this game. He might be. He might not be. It looks like he might be back. You know, if he's not back, I guess Foster Moreau carries some interest DFS purposes. The guy who's actually standing out to me, it's really interesting, is Josh Jacobs, who is a player I have not played, not rostered, or owned even once this whole season. Not once. But with the demise of Kenyon Drake, a.k.a. the Dreezy, um, Josh Jacobs is getting all the touches for 
the Raiders and nine targets, nine receptions last week, nine targets. So the other bonus situation, John, for, for um, Josh Jacobs is because they don't really have a lot of pass catchers on Vegas. Now that, you know, Ruggs is gone and Waller's been a little dinged up and, you know, they don't really have anybody else that they could rely on. You know, Renfro is, is very limited in, in the type of routes he's running. So they're throwing more to Josh Jacobs and nine targets last week. We could probably see the same. I kind of look at Jacobs and say, you know what? Normally I never play him as an underdog because they go to Drake. They go to the pass catcher. There's a little Jalen Richard risk here. Cause I do believe Jalen Richard is on this team. <laughs> Let me check. Let me double check it. I'm pretty sure. Not to say. Oh, you you have it correct. You wait a minute, but he got the COVID. Hold on. Oh, is he is he COVID? Yes, he is. Yeah. That's he's on new. IR. Yeah. COVID list. All right. So he's on the COVID list. Yeah. Which so actually all about does, Jacobs. That does further increase the interest in Jay. All right. Now all they right. got Peyton. They got Peyton Barber, who they yeah, they, they used him a lot in that Miami game earlier Peyton, this year. Peyton Barber's not coming in when they're down for the passing game work. I you know, Peyton Barber's the guy that really what's the threat? You know. If they're behind, they're not going to throw it to Peyton Barber. No, no. You know, so. Yeah, yeah so. Hopefully. Josh Jacobs is going to be in that game regardless of situation. And he's just really interesting for me in this game as one of the better plays. Um, John, I hope it's your thing, your Internet that's cutting out, not mine. And people can see me. Let me know in the comments if um if my internet's going out i'm seeing a little bit of issues on your end john so i just want to make sure that's not my internet but yours so that i can keep talking um you can cut out on me maybe maybe it is i don't know yeah covid last week so we'll see if 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 um richard does come back i like jacobs just a little bit less oh it's him it's not there it's, it's you it's not me it's you there we go as I meant to plug in. That's what I meant to do. I usually plug in before these oh. and hardwire, but oh. um, I forgot. That's what's up. All right. All right. You got me a little nervous there. And then I, you know, I lose my train when I'm like, Hey, can they see me? All right. So we are good to go. So I'm um, looking at this game though. On the flip side, uh, chiefs, of course, you know, everything goes on the chiefs. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire is in play. Um, heavy favored game, you know, Hill, Kelsey, the whole deal. I, I usually don't wind up stacking Mahomes very much in, in these games because he's so expensive. It's such an expensive pairing with Mahomes Hill, Mahomes Kelsey. It 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 does, especially in a non-competitive game, it does you know limit your lineups a little bit. But that's the way I would go in this one. Uh, all right, next game on the core four. This is a pretty good one. We got the Cowboys at the Washington Football Club, with the Cowboys coming in as road four and a half point favorites, forty-seven and a half point total. And John, um, the Washington has been very generous to opposing quarterbacks this season, giving up, I think they're 28th ranked um, in fantasy points allowed to the position. Maybe it's maybe it's 27th at this point, fantasy points allowed to the position. So, you know, when you see Washington, you have to think play quarterback against them. Cowboys have all of their weapons, all of them uh, for the early, maybe one of the few times this season between the, the wide receiver trio you got Dalton Schultz out there. You got Gallup in the game, Lamb and Cooper. All of the weapons are healthy for the Cowboys. And they got the dual headed monster now going at running back. So um, 
you know, Cowboys offense looks pretty good. And Washington is pretty much a two, uh, uh, you know, an offense that focuses on just two players. Uh, Antonio Gibson with J.D. McKissick out has been spectacular. Go right back to that. And of course, Terry McLaurin, when um, Heineke can deliver him the football, looks good. Um, What do you think of this uh, number here? Four and a half points on the road. Washington been playing pretty well lately. They have been playing much better. Um, It's pretty neutral as far as where the, you know, sharp money's coming in and and where basically the public is is very neutral on this game, which I think is kind of expected. I think the the number's right um, here. Again, it's just been, it's been a difficult season all around, but you don't know what you're getting here. You get Dallas is coming off of a, um, you know, they had two Thursday night games now, so they get a little bit of a rest coming into, coming into this one. You had mentioned, Washington from a standpoint of how much they've given up to the quarterback. The thing that gets me in this game, and, and you know, it's it I, I get why we have it on um as the core four. Take a look at what Washington's done the last few weeks, though, against the quarterback. Right. So they're trending in the right, like this is now suddenly becoming the Washington defense that we anticipated in the beginning of the season. I'm just gonna give you like DraftKings points. Now, okay, they played since they played Green Bay, they gave up 24.6 to Green Bay. They played Denver, not a great quarterback, you know, but 12-6-2. They played Brady, 15 points they gave up. Now, Carolina, they gave up 26 points, but then against Seattle, um, and that was Wilson, 19.5 points. And then last week with Vegas, 12.3 points. So the the if you look early in the season, they didn't give up anything, you know. I mean, they gave up 42 points to Buffalo to with, with uh, you know, and that really skewed the numbers with Allen. Everything else was like mid-20s and higher. So they're trending in the right direction. So you worry here where – Dallas hasn't, you know, in, in now they Dallas had that good week against uh, against Vegas from a fantasy standpoint, but they've had their bad weeks. Kansas City was a bad week, uh, you know, last week not not a uh, a ton of fantasy points. They look good in the game, but so so I don't know, you know, I don't know what to expect. My my gut tells me that Washington's actually going to play this game. Uh, it'll be a lower scoring game. I don't think this is going to wind up being the game that we like. Um, from a DFS standpoint, I don't think this is going to be the best uh, game on the board. Um, I don't know about the best game. I do like it from a DFS uh, perspective, more for the sneakiness of it. I think um, a lot of people are going to focus on just one Buffalo at Tampa game and, and um, you know, maybe a couple of other secondary games. So I think this one's going to go a little bit under the radar, which is one of the reasons I, I, I do like it a little bit, not from the Dallas side. So here's what's interesting. Um, Dallas is really, Dak, I think Dak can have a big game. He could, right? Washington's been better versus the run in the past. But it's hard to st- – again, Dak is tricky because he's got four weapons to choose from, and it's really difficult to narrow down. I think Michael Gallup is priced a little bit too high for his role. And um, on, on on both of the sides, you've got Amari Cooper, who I always kind of like because I know he can pop off, and he's priced probably correctly. Um, interesting little stack, but, you know – if they're not going to run the shit out of Zeke, so to speak, if they're going to throw, then Dallas usually puts up good numbers. And on the Washington side, I just like Gibson. I mean, you got to like Gibson. He's getting so much uh, volume with no McKissick out there that as long as McKissick isn't playing, you got to go right back. This guy's getting 30 touches every game. He's getting tons and tons of passing game work. And, and the nice thing for me about Gibson is when the team falls behind, it's not like they're going to bring in McKissick for the for the hurry up. It's going to be Gibson because McKissick's not there. So much like with, uh, much like with Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, right? McKissick's going to probably be out there almost regardless of 
the game flow. And that's what I like in a lower cost running back. Give me a guy who's going to get a ton of touches. So there is some fantasy goodness here. As far as this being the highest scoring game of the week, I, I don't think it'll be that per se, but I think that both pieces on Washington, because they're such a focused offense between just Gibson and Terry McLaurin, both of those guys. And, and now that Logan Thomas is out, raise that bar up a little bit. No more Terry, no more Logan Thomas to worry about. Ricky Seals Jones, not the same. So you've got basically two guys that the entire offense will pretty much run through. I like that. It, 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 gives both of them a lower chance of failing. Not that we're playing McLaurin as a straight up play most of the time, but it lowers his chance of failing and, and Gibson becomes really just a really great play. So I do like a little bit of the DFS angles here. Dallas side again, you know, Dak can pop off at any time. It's just a matter of how much he's going to be owned versus how much um, leverage we can get against the field. I, I've, I've come to the point where I, I, you know, it's a math, it's a math equation. Ownership versus his chance of actually being in the nuts. And if the ownership is below, we want to be a little bit above it and just leverage it. And if the ownership is too high, we just want to go below it and just do the math. You know, the, the, my, my, uh, my, my 75% weighted coin theory for, of DFS uh, in play. So gotta be careful with Dallas <clears throat> against running backs though, you know, really good this year. Yeah. I against, just think it doesn't matter because backs. if you got a pass catcher, you got a pass catcher. Like as long as they throw, to the running back, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm just saying against points that they've given up to running backs, though they are second best, they're second best in the league That's right interesting. now. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, they passed the uh, you know Tampa. It's it's New wow. Orleans, Dallas, and and Carolina and Baltimore. Like those yeah. are the those are the top teams against uh, running backs. That you, wouldn't, you know, I didn't even realize it with Dallas. Why, why does the power ranking continue to? I mean, has it been touchdown regression because? You know the power rankings show a good amount of healthy yardage for for Washington yeah. here. Yeah, that, that's so it's two different things. I mean, it's kind of calculated the same way. That's strictly based on yardage. So perhaps they're giving up the yardage, but they're just not giving up the touchdowns. Yeah. I'd have to look at it deeper, but they're not giving up much as way of, uh, in the way of fantasy points. To um, could to, could it be touchdown regression? That could yeah, that could be a good call. So that could be something to look at where Dallas just hasn't given up goal line uh, stuff. I'd have to I have to look at it deeper. There we um, go. That, that's a good possibility. They're just not giving up touchdowns to, uh, you know, maybe they're just giving up a lot of big plays. There we go. And as a reminder, if you guys want John Statsational Alessia's breakdowns, if you want his survivor picks, which have been spectacular, man, riding to a championship in Survivor, um, if you want his bet of the day, you got to download the Sharp app. Just go to the Android or Apple Store, download download the Sharp app. And you get all you get a lot of John's uh, breakdowns, his Sharp Academy sports betting training course. It's all there free. It's really awesome. Make sure you check it out. Support the show. Support John. Grab the Sharp app. Um, and uh, you know, awesome player prop data. We have so many things going on the Sharp app. Here, I, I, just did a, I just did a quick look. Dallas has only given up one running back touchdown. That's what's up. So it's just a touchdown thing. They're not giving up the touchdowns Touch, to the running back, yeah. which is real. That's kind of like how New England plays, where they limit touchdowns from running backs like you can't score and maybe dallas is playing that style of defense so that is noteworthy it's noteworthy arizona that's, has yet to give up a touchdown to the running back that's arizona yeah also very noteworthy that's incredible those are really good stats um i love it all right next up next up in the core four we've got the game of the week actually we we'll go to 49 we'll go we'll go to the secondary game first we got the 49ers at the Bengals, 49ers on the road, one and a half point favorite 
with a game total of 48 and a half points. John, um, man, this, I got to tell you something here. Why are the Bengals, uh, why, why, why are the Bengals home underdogs here? <laughs> yeah, I think well, a lot of, that's what a lot of people are asking themselves. And, and, you know, you ask a very good question because you know what that means. Usually that means it's like, are they just sucking the end to bet Cincinnati? And that's what it looks like the sharps are thinking because they're taking San Francisco in this game. The um, sharps are taking San Francisco. Sharps are taking San Francisco, which at bet, like these teams look kind of even at, <clears throat> at best. And, and I think you can make the argument where Cincinnati might even be a little bit better. Uh, some people may say, um, and yet here we are at home, they're getting points. So that's one, the red flag has to go off a little bit and you got to, you got to look at it. Um, but sharp money is coming in on San Francisco. So be, beware before you bet that game uh, this week. Let me kind of look at uh, where I've got them. This game on my fantasy numbers. Um, yeah. I mean, we've gotten in the core. It's, it's a lukewarm game, luke, lukewarm game on the projections. Uh, for me, nothing, nothing particularly stands out. The quarterbacks I've got, um, you know, they're projected right in the, in the right around 20 points, both quarterbacks, the game looks super even actually from a, from a, um, this is something I've been looking at. I don't know if it's going to potentially be something I can incorporate into my handicapping, but the fantasy points and how that plays with, uh, actually handicapping the games. So San Francisco is actually projected at least slightly more points here. Than Cincinnati, if that means anything. So, um, you know, it does go in, in it coincides with that one point spread. These but, numbers, uh, these numbers, they don't look good. Well, when you're looking at that number, yeah, I'm looking at something else, but you're looking at my, uh, at the power rankings. Yeah. It's, it's lukewarm, um, from a, how they performed against the, uh, how each team has performed on a fantasy from fantasy standpoint and, uh, against the teams, um, you know, fantasy points given up. So, uh, yeah, it's not a game I particularly am in love with here. The one thing that's interesting is from San Francisco, the, the hard thing here to look at on these numbers, um, and even though the rushing numbers, it's crazy that it's coming up so low for San Francisco. Um, they've really, to me, if you've been watching them, they've gotten that offense going with the running, they're running with the wide receivers, which I love. Um, and it's been really difficult to stop. It's something unusual. Like teams will do it here and there. They're using it as part of the offense now. So they're so committed to running the ball that they're just giving it to their best players in, uh, and they're just trying to get them on these, you know, on, on these sweeps with these, uh, you know, with their wide receivers and, and it's been effective. So, um, yeah, so it's a little hard to just look at the pure, you know, rushing yardage, passing yards and figure out which, um, you know, is it going to be the running backs or the wide receivers? I think, San Francisco utilizing the wide receivers the way they have, um, you know, the, I have to give a little bit of a nod to the to the wide receivers here. But I don't project this game as being uh, a game that you necessarily have to uh, go crazy on. No, definitely not. Um, listen, the big thing with San Francisco is is Debo Samuel going to play or not? Um, is Eli Mitchell going to play or not? I, I I would not fuck those lines. Uh, I don't care what the Sharps are doing. It's too early in the week because the Sharps don't know if Eli Mitchell is going to play, and they don't know if. Debo Samuel's going to play. And for me, the, the 49ers team changes dramatically without one or both of those guys. Um, you talk without both. We're talking about a Brandon Ayuk and uh, featured wide receiver. George Kittle, of course, is great. But with Jermichael Hasty holding down the fort at running back and exactly what you just said, a team that wants to run the football heavily when they're 
taken when they're not able to run the foot uh, football heavily, San Francisco, they don't win. That it's it's that simple. They're not the kind of team that's going to carry the game via the pass. It's one of the reasons why Brandon Ayuk just hasn't been that great. Is because that style of passing isn't their thing. Even Debo Samuel, who's been spectacular, a lot of what he's doing is via the run, or he's just a monster out there. He rips the football out of the air. You just throw it towards him. Love Debo. It's his bike, punk. But I mean, um, his rushing numbers. Are a lot. Two, yeah, I mean, he's been great. Yards rushing, 66 yards rushing. You know, that's and, and he's scoring touchdowns. Yeah, no, he's been he's been fantastic. He's been a fantasy asset. He's on every fantasy team I own. I talked about Debo in the offseason as someone who where I didn't understand why he's going after Ayuk. So I was able to get him in every fantasy league that I'm in. And he's essentially helped me make it to the play. I kind of don't mind if he doesn't play this week because I need him for the fantasy playoffs fully healthy. Let's let's keep it real. But um, as far as this game goes, I think if Debo's out, I don't like San Francisco. I like the bet on the Bengals a lot. And, it's, and if, if Eli Mitchell is out, I definitely like the Bengals side of this bet quite a bit. You've got the Joe Mixon stud off a dud narrative in play here. So, you know, forgetting the numbers, it's late in the season. But the stud off a dud narrative, you got to play that most weeks as long as Mixon is healthy. You know, I could see the Bengals turning it around. They had a rough one. They're coming off a rough, horrible loss. They bounce back here. They they bounce back against the 49ers. Joe Mixon back in the in the nuts lineup for the sixth time this season, potentially, as the Millie Maker nuts play. This guy is doing it like 40% of the time so far this season. Seems like we need some regression there. But overall, yeah, I, I don't mind this game. Um, but more so, we have two situations that are so volatile still with not knowing Mitchell or Debo Samuel, that number one, if I'm betting it, I'm definitely betting. I feel like they're, San Francisco's priced is if both those guys are playing. So if I'm betting it, I'm betting the Bengals. You know, and if one or two of those guys don't play, I feel like I won my bet already. Because the 49ers are going to have a very, very tough time being competitive. Um, and the Bengals have a lot of weapons. They're a better defense. I think the Bengals are a better team. Better quarterback. You know, really good weapons, Chase and, and Higgins and and Mixon. And I think across the board, the only thing that San Francisco has on these guys is probably a better blocking offensive line for the run game and, and certainly a better tight end. But, you know, if they don't have a running back, I think it screws them. San Francisco just did not play as well without Eli Mitchell out there. So we got to see what happens with that guy. He's got a concussion. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. Yeah, I'm on the Bengals side of that bet. I know it's the donkey side. I don't care. That's usually where I'm at. I'm riding the donkey. Very good barometer. I, I rode the donkey uh, on Monday night. I was telling Gargano this last night. I rode the donkey on the underbet. Nice and slow up the hill. That game got absolutely high. That was like 45, 46 and a half and down to 40 and a half quickly, obviously because of that weather. Slash, um, smashed it. Yeah, there was, the there, was, there was very little chance that game was going over. Um at all there was there wasn't much of a chance even at the end there you it's tough in the nfl where you, you you're still good with the touchdown late um and oh, yeah, you i was like dude score baby i don't care yeah. i could have could have won my buffalo side of that yeah, bet too yeah just a little tip by the way people get freaked out and we're getting into this part of the season where you're gonna have snow games and and rainy nasty games it's the wind it's all about the wind um that's for totals when you're betting totals wind kills totals uh snow and rain you get a lot of turnovers right 
teams get conservative in the win. They try to run the ball like you saw. But snow and rain, you can't hold on to the ball. You get turnovers. So sometimes you get high scores, so you don't get necessarily the games. A lot of times you'll see the line go down because, oh, it's going to be heavy snow. Uh, but unless it's one of those situations where they can't, you know, it's windy, snowy, nothing's going to happen, and you're, you're going to get, like, no points scored at all. Uh, just a little bit of snow and a, a little bit of rain sometimes makes for an over because uh, the ball gets slick. You get a lot of defensive scores, which in DFS look look to play. You know, those are the games you want to be playing. Yeah, it's um, don't overreact. And by the way, because of that Monday night game and how intensely affected it was by the wind, for the rest of the season, people are going to overreact to wind games as well, thinking it's going to be like that, where more often than not, the wind game doesn't do anything anyway because you get a wind proje- projection and then by the time game starts, it's not as windy out. And it's like, all right, didn't really do anything. That was a very unique, I, you know, I've seen a few games like that um, over the years, but that was m- much more unique, I think, than people and unusual than people think where you have that massive wind in your face where you just really can't throw into it. That rarely happens. So even when you're told wind, don't overreact because reacting to it, that's what's going to kill you. All right, let's go to the fourth game on the core four, John. We have got the Bills at the box and this one is the precious no reaction still doesn't know what it is forget it still every time you every time you say it i, I think of that movie the movie precious and no like, it's not I the know. movie Pre- i know oh it's not God. but that's the image that goes in my head plus no, why why does that movie in your head it's the only thing i know i never saw whatever it is that you're talking it's called, about it's lord of the rings yeah i never saw it man. it's I the greatest trilogy ever made I very well maybe out. I mean, I'm going to assume that you're taking Rocky out of the equation here, even though Rocky wasn't a trilogy. But let's Rocky assume is... they stopped at Rocky three. No, they no, there, Rocky there, there are other trilogies, but but the Godfather, yeah, but standard. Godfather three pisses me off. Yeah, it's Lord of the Rings. All right, forget it. I know it's Lord of the Rings, man, but I, I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. Though. The precious game. We got the bills at the box. Cannot fail. Fifty three and a half point. Famous last words. Fifty three and a half point total. Bucks home three and a half point favorites bills coming off a heartbreaker. The wind game going to want to get back into it. Brady coming off a full goat form game. We were all over Brady last week that worked out week before it didn't work out. That's how it goes up one week down the next. Um, one of the nice things about the bucks, John, is that they play such and, and the bills will oblige the bucks play. I, I don't see any scenario here where like, you know, Allen's not thrown for touchdowns in this game. In this game, like they're not running for touchdowns against the Bucks. The Bills don't really want to run for touchdowns anyway. That's not part of their game. And so, um, all in all, this looks like a great spot for both teams, but definitely Josh Allen to bounce back off that rough game. What do you think from a betting angle's point of view? Because I, I kind of picked the side here, and I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm just kind of feeling the uh, stud off a dud narrative. Yeah, well, the the, the public's, Kind of looking at uh, Tampa from a, you know, they're taking them about sixty five percent. Okay. Uh, both the money and the and the um, and the tickets, so it looks pretty. You know, not getting a lot of sharp action on it, but right now that's the way it looks. Like the public likes the Tampa side of this game. So, um, is Tampa? You know, Tampa's playing a little bit better. Buffalo. You know, this is this is the crazy thing. If you look at my rankings, people are going to criticize it, and I'm like, listen, I don't. If I was writing rankings out based on my eye test then it wouldn't be Buffalo number one, but Buffalo's number one. Go to the rankings, not the um, 
right? So Buffalo is number one in the rankings. And it's like, how could a seven to five team? It's just how the numbers go. If you look, and a lot of that has to do with scoring margin. They've had the they've they've had the largest scoring margin in football. New England's actually too, because they've beaten up on the bad teams. I wrote it up in uh, if you're on the sharp app, uh, I had a little write up on the on the power rankings. And you look at who Buffalo's who who Buff- Buffalo has not beaten very many good teams. They beat Kansas City, I believe, right this year. They had that Kansas City win. And yeah, that, was, that was their only. You know, that's their only win over with a team over 500. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, if I'm you know. I only wrote the article two two days ago, but I'm pretty sure that that's what uh, that's what I saw. If you look at their, you know, Buffalo might. I mean, there's there's a chance Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs. It's not it's not going to happen when you look at the teams that that they're competing with here and the games they have left. But obviously, this is a game they could lose. You know, they're staring at seven and six. They they still have the Jets left, and you know they've got a, they've got some winnable games left. But you know, it, this is not the season that we were expecting from Buffalo, but. From you know, just from the rating standpoint, this is a better team than than maybe the record uh, the record indicates. But these are the top two teams. It should be a great game. Again, though, I know you you think this is you know it's fantasy goal, but you know fifty three and a half is the line that we're getting excited about now. You know, it used to be like a fifty eight point total. Where yeah, like, this is the game. So well, the, in in fairness, if this was last season, this game would have yeah. a fifty seven and a half it, point total. It on certainly it. would have been this exact game fifty seven easy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just looking at it from from the um, when I'm looking at the the fantasy points where I'm projecting uh, each position, this is the highest game for a quarterback that's on the and, and that's the Josh Allen side of this game. And Brady's actually not projected well because Buffalo's done Buffalo's defense. See, that's what makes the game scary. Like Buffalo's defense has been really good. Buffalo's the best team against the quarterback this year. Well, Walsh, a diehard Bucks fan, is not biased at all with his Bucks win. So here, here's a couple things about those defenses, um, John. So Tredavious White for the Bills, done for the season, right? They've lost their best cornerback. Um, that does that that's legit, and that does harm um the Buffalo defense a smidge. So we got to take those numbers with a little bit of grain of salt because that injury is very, very recent. Flip side. The Patriot, the the Bucks have not been just great in terms of their secondary. They do run a style of defense that stops the run and essentially dares you to pass. And they lost their best guy, the High Chief Jamel Dean, I believe, um, for the season as well. Actually, I need to fact check me on that, but I don't I don't believe um, Jamel Dean has been playing. Somebody, if you guys are in the um, comments, actually, let me know if I'm wrong on that. But so the Bucs have been down some cornerbacks as well. So I think there's a lot of passing game goodness potential here. Um, if the Bucs can, I, I just don't see anybody shutting Brady down in Tampa. Like that's going to be a tall ask. I think the Bills defense has been very, very good, uh, both against the run in the past. So you would imagine that, again, I, I refuse to believe that Leonard Fournette is all of a sudden this ball hogging, um, score hogging player. I think people have overestimated Leonard Fournette. He had a good game a couple weeks ago, and I get it. He scored 40 points, took all the points from Brady. That happened. We all saw it, but that was an anomaly. That's not what Fournette has been part of this offense for two years. We have enough data on Fournette to know and, and the style of play that this game plays, that this team plays, that it's it's generally not going to be Fournette putting, you know, stealing all the tutties. Uh, Tom Brady likes to throw for touchdowns. They got Gronk back. Gronk is two touchdowns a game every week when he plays. That's just what he does. Two touchdowns every week. 
And no Antonio Brown means you've got uh, Godwin and Evans much, much tighter target shares. Last week it was Godwin. That means this week it's going to be Evans because everybody's going to play Godwin. I love this game for DFS purposes. For that reason, you could just, you know, when you play Brady, you're going to pair him with two of these guys. You, there's only three to choose from. You're going to pair him with two of them, and you're probably going to do well. If you've done that every time, Brady doesn't win you the tournament unless he scores 28 plus fantasy points. He doesn't get to 28 with just one guy. It takes two. It takes two to make your thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. That's true. That's just what it is. That's real. That's philosophy. A wise woman once said those words. Don't know who that woman was. I think it was, it was a man. It was a man. It was a man? Yes. Why is it got to be a wise man? That's very misogynistic well, of you. What you're referring to. Who was the man that said those wise words? Uh, oh, God. Rick James or something? No, 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 no. no. It, was, um, it was Rob Bass, man. Rob, Rob Bass? Bass? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That is a and wise, then, very wise. And then he had Joy and Pain, which was basically the same beat. Yeah. yeah. Joy, pump it up, pump it up. I remember. I remember. I yeah. remember. You, yeah. Nice. Um, it takes two with Tom Brady <laughs> to make your thing go right. And, um, on the flip side, I really like the Josh Allen side of this game for the bounce. I, I'm, I like the bills. I'm betting the bills, taking the bills bounce yeah, back if, game. If you're taking the bills, then you don't like my pick of, of you just talked about Fournette. I like Fournette in this game, actually. So yeah, Fournette's too expensive. Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, I like to talk on Thursdays before I start looking at prices, but 7,400. No, not in love with it, but even still, um, he'll be, he's going to be in the teens for me on, um, in, uh, in, in MME. You're going to have him in the teens. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's not for me. I, I think at that price, I, I studied Fournette's productivity over the last two seasons, and he's only really produced enough fantasy points to justify this salary, uh, once or twice. They're and so, him, you know, they're throwing him the ball a lot. They are, but you know, look out for Ron Jones coming back. Look out for look out for the competition. Look out for it. They they they're running Ron Jones Jr. a little bit more than um than you would think. It last week no, but seasonal yes, and I I actually expect it to revert a little bit to where you'll see uh, Jones in there for that 25 percent get some carries. I just don't think that Fournette has been the guy that you want when he's at seventy four hundred. I like Fournette at six K. That's what it is. When he's at 7,400, all of a sudden, he's got to put up 7,420. He's got to get you 29 fantasy points to help you win a tournament, which I believe he could. But, I mean, you're placing the odds of that, let's say, in the 15, 20% range. I might only have it in, like, the 5 to 8% range of things that might happen with Fournette just because he's only done it once or twice in the last two seasons um, combined. So, I'm just going to stay away a little bit from Fournette. I also don't like his salary level. Um, if you just take a general look, I, I know you haven't looked at the salaries yet because you like the unbiased look at the slate. But when I look at it, you know, he's kind of in no man's zone right over here at 7,400 on DraftKings. You can get to Kamara, who's live for five touchdowns just for a couple pennies more. Um, and that, that already to me is concerning. Plus, I really want to be down in the 6k range if I'm going to get that style of player. Um so we'll see. We'll see. Oh, you're not seeing my screen. That's always fun. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were seeing this. But 
you know, when you're Fournette, like right here, you've got Kamara just above him. Kamara's live for five touchdowns against the Jets. Like that could happen. Eckler in a game where his team's favored massively. Just the other running back options, if I'm paying up, are a little sexier than Fournette. That's all. That's all. That's all for me. All right. Yeah, but I like the Bills side of this game. I like I like Josh Allen to bounce back personally um, off the loss. I just, you know, Bucks coming off the win. I always play teams coming off a loss. I feel like that's my thing now. Yeah, I, I kind of like I like, I like yeah. the Bills on this as a bet. You're on the Bills side? Yeah. Nice. nice. I typically don't bet against Brady, so I probably won't, won't bet it. But I do like the Bills side of this game. Never fun to bet, bet against the GOAT. All right, so... That covers the core four games for NFL Week 14. And let's take a look at some of these other games to see if we can glean some betting angles or DFS angles of interest. All right, first up, we have got the Ravens at the Browns. Ooh, a repeat of a game we saw a couple of weeks ago. Ravens on the road, two and a half point underdogs, uh, 42 and a half point total. John, this one, uh, uh, betting angles, uh, the- you know. The, sh- the Sharps love Cleveland. Yeah, I like Cleveland. You like Cleveland too? I do. Oh, I, I just don't like, you know, this is just, I hate, this is a general statement, not this week. I just hate Cleveland. I hate watching that team play. Uh, um, you know, Scott Newman is going to come in. I partially say that because I know Scott's watching. All right. Because then I'll get appreciate. it. Because I enjoy, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't DM me all the time. So I like to prompt the DM so I could get to uh, chat with him. There it is. But uh, you know, he'll he'll yell at me in the in the DM. We, we got we got a lot of Browns fans in DFS Army. And you know, I was never an anti-Browns guy, but I've turned into the anti-Browns guy because I I do like to tweak and uh, and bust balls, but they're just an awful, they're just an awful team to watch. I mean, quite frankly. Baker's I, I it, it's just a are they gonna team. they gotta they gotta make a decision on Baker Mayfield and potentially paying him $36 million a year. My boy has not proven that he's worth 36 million. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. And I'm interested in some, I'm interested from some of our Browns fans as far as if they want Baker paid like that. But as far as this game goes, the reason I like the Browns is they're going to lean on the run. They're going to play nasty defense. And I've just not seen where, where the Ravens uh, and Lamar have done well against good defensive teams. Um, So what I, what I think will happen here is the Ravens, both teams will kind of play it slow and steady. They're going to run the football quite a bit. They're not going to worry about like scoring touchdowns per se. They'll take the field goals. And and what we're going to wind up with is a close game at the end that could go either way. And if you're giving me, uh, you know, if you're giving me essentially a half a point for the home team here because they're not getting the minus three, like I see the Browns doing what they want to do here, which is just running the football the whole time, controlling the game with the run, and and again, potentially squeaking out a three point win. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see that, but uh, I don't like any of it for DFS. For DFS, the only thing I like here is is um, and, and it's hard. I hate the and you're you're going to jump down my throat right away, like the Cleveland tight ends. But you know, you've got because you've got a couple of them there. But Baltimore, if you look at the numbers, has been one of the worst teams against the the tight end. So. If you do get a, a a Hooper type of game, I think as a sneaky play, it's thirty four hundred on uh, DraftKings, which you know I'm not in love with either. But um, there's some potential there. That's, you know, that's about it. 
you know, the problem with that approach is it, it's going to be in Joku. That's the problem. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you know, you, you're going to take Hooper and then Joku gets, you know, somehow gets two touchdowns. And, and if that happens, then you're, then the running back winds up being, you know, uh, you know, Chubb winds up being useless. If, uh, if it's the tight end, this is one of the, like, I just don't think there's going to be enough points scored in this game to go around. No, so you can have a piece ignore. of it, but it's an it's easy either the ignore. running back or the tight ends on Cleveland. I mean, Lamar's always. No, no Lamar. It's this is an I don't easy, love it. He's priced up too high. This is an yeah. easy ignore game for me. Um, I, you know, when Njoku was in the Millie Maker nuts uh, earlier this season, I looked at that lineup and went, well, I could have made a thousand lineups and that wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting yeah. that. Like the Donovan Peoples Jones week, the same thing. Like every once in a while, a player from Cleveland just pops off out of nowhere. That's not a running back. And you're like, well, I wasn't going to have him. And it's never Jarvis Landry either. It's always one of the randoms. And, you know, and Njoku. And I just looked at that lineup and went, man, I could have made 10,000 lineups. I wasn't hitting that one. So, <laughs> you know, not my week. Wasn't going to be my week. Let's move on. Um, and then that, that game kind of feels like that. I'm not interested in anything from it. Yeah, I don't think it's a game that'd be interesting, but I, I do like, I, I do think it can go over the, you know, over 40, uh, where we at? The 42 and a half. I could, I could see, you know, 42 and a half, 40, uh, 43. I could see that, but still, you know, if it scores 47, it's still not a game that we're going to love. Next up, we've got a really strange one between the Jaguars and the Titans with the Titans at home as eight and a half point favorites on a 44, uh, 44 point total game. And John, I, I said, you know, it's a weird one because the Titans, I just, they, they're so injured. There's no one left. Don't know any names. Akini Westbrook. Westbrook Akine. Uh, Deonta Foreman. I mean, it's 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 a battle of the nameless ones here. And, and of course, the Jaguars have just been so bad. But my question for you is, could this be the game where the Jaguars actually are competitive? Like they're up against a pretty bad um, Titans defense. Who's not going to be worked up for this game, but rather they're coming in heads down, feeling sullen, you know, no, no, they know they have nobody on offense on the team. They're playing a crappy Jaguars team. This is a team that beat the bills that beat the chiefs that beat the Rams. They beat everybody. And now, Oh, how the mighty hath fallen. We're looking at them. Like, could they lose to the Jaguars? Like, in your survivor, are you excited to take the Titans this week? No, yeah, it's that's funny because a lot of people, if the, there's not many people still alive, but those who are, a lot of them have Tennessee, and this is a, it's just a tricky spot. This is the um, week where Tennessee's wiping out. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, where I do like Jacksonville plus the points here. Jacksonville's issues have really been more offensively than than defensively. Um, you know, they've been atrocious. The coach on, is terrible on offense. Yeah, I know you don't like the coach. I'm, I'm not a big fan either. But from a DFS standpoint, I can't see a whole lot that you 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 love um, in this game at all. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't particularly like this game. Um, I'll, I'll give you a maybe, couple. I'll give you a couple things here. Yeah, there, I, I did look it over. I did look it over. There's a couple things here. So I, I really I'm going to have a hard time backing Donta Foreman. But he is the cheapest That's viable the running back yeah. on the slate. He is the exactly. cheapest viable. But I got a hard time backing him. Um, I think James Robinson also very difficult to back him right now. Just the way the badness of the Jaguars offense and his injuries concern me a little bit. He's not priced down enough to really reflect kind of that scenario. But um, I had a slight thought about Marvin Jones Jr. And he's really priced down now. Like we saw Marvin Jones. I like I like players when the salary comes down, right? Because it tells you that the field is off of them. The reason the salary comes down on DraftKings 
is demand has gone down. And so they reduce the price to increase demand on the player, right? And at some point you go, hey, wait a second. You know, there were times this season where we were paying 5,900, 55, 5,700 for Marvin Jones Jr. And now he's all the way down to 4,500 in a really good matchup where, you know, part of the problem with the Jaguars is they've played decent defenses and we've seen defenses matter. And um, when, when you put up these rookie quarterbacks against a good defense, they absolutely get destroyed. We'll talk about, you know, Wilson against New Orleans in a bit, but you know, when, when, when they're not up against an elite defense, but rather the Titans defense, that's bleeding the 31st, you know, they're ranked 31st in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. In other words, the team you want quarterbacks against, is it possible again, the Rams sure they whooped his ass San Francisco fine. Your bills Colts. Of course they're good defensive teams, Atlanta, you know, actually he did okay against Atlanta. So, so you see, you see some of the, the discrepancy between when they face a good defense and when they face a trash defense, right? This is a trash defense. So what if um, Marvin Jones Jr. can have a good game with uh, Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. the love child of uh, Furio and uh, Carmella from The Sopranos? The love child of Furio and Carmella. Do you hear that last night on the show? No, I didn't. I was out last night, so I missed the show. The, the love child of Furio and Carmella on the I, Sopranos. I, you know what? That's pretty fucking awesome because it is. Do you not see it? It can never be unseen. It it's, can never be unseen. Yeah, it really. That's amazing. <laughs> I assume that was a Gargano. You're not that witty. No, he can't. Well, he he said he started saying he looks like someone from the Sopranos. And I was like, Furio. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did get to that. Yes, that it, it totally is. That's yeah, amazing. That's, a, that's so awesome. maybe, maybe, um, maybe this is a game where Marvin Jones Jr. I can't go to LaVisca Chanel. No, no, but Marvin Jones Jr., O'Shag well, Hennessy, I don't mind it. I like the, I, I like that call because what you said with, um, Tennessee against quarterbacks, but against wide receivers, they're the third worst team against wide receivers in the league. So, um, even better, certainly could pop off there. I like that. Even better. And, you know, and Westbrook Akine. Westbrook Akine. Back-to-back. Marvin Jones Jr., 4,500. You know, I'm not going to be scared of it. I'm not going to be scared of it. All right, you ready? Next up, we've got the Saints at my beloved New York Jets. Saints coming in as road five-and-a-half-point favorites. 43-point total on this game. John, uh, Jets, man. Are they good now? They had a less uh, a mildly competent offensive performance last week against the Eagles. Are they good? Yeah, I we, mean, we we'll, we'll find we'll find out. I mean, this New Orleans defense is pretty good, but um, yeah, we're getting a lot of the the sharp money seems to seems to think the Jets are good because they're coming in on the Jets here this week. Really, five and a half? Yeah. Oh, I don't like the sharp money's so, uh, call here at all. Yeah, that's that's. What I don't like. I I. I'm going to be the donkey money and tell you, do not bet the Jets. Are you crazy? Against a good defense? Against a good defense, yeah. I mean, a, a, another low total. I mean, we would get once in a while these 42, 43 totals in the last few years. Now it's like Every half game. the board is, is is sitting here below 44. So, yeah, low total. We'll, we'll find out about the Jets. I mean, let me look at it on the um, 
as far as the rankings here. Uh, I mean, the power rankings, they're not going to be pretty. The Jets, no, no, no. The power rankings are going to be terrible. You can't trust uh, the, the Jets. Jets hit, you know, the Jets project decently at the wide receiver position. I mean, running back, I'm, I've got nothing. Now, from a from offensively, obviously, you mentioned Kamara before uh, on the Saints side. I believe he's my highest, or at least that position is the highest rank, um, the highest I have on the uh, the other sheet that I work on that is still private. I've um, got a very intense. We need the private sheet, but I but know. eventually I, it's coming. But Kamara, so running back, I should say for New Orleans, this is the highest projected point scored um, for the position in this game is the New Orleans side. Now, interestingly, the the you, you have to kind of throw out the uh, quarterback number. Because when Taysom, Taysom Hill comes in and it kind of skews these numbers when it's when it's uh, whoever it is Simeon or um, or Winston, it's a combined number. So they are projected high for the quarterback, but they're not going to score nearly as much as the. Projected I'm going to give you some angles about this game because my first thought has my, I, I came in with the first thought and then I changed it. You know I love Taysom. He's my he's my guy. Taysom, what up Taysom? Well, you love That's a guy funny. who can run it. You know any quarterback who can get you some yeah. rushing touchdowns, you got to love. Love love Taysom. Play him every week, right? Played him all in last week. It was all over it. Uh, to when he when he got his first start, all in. Uh, I was a Monday night, Sunday night, whatever the it was. Thurs the Thursday night game. Yeah. yeah, easy all in for me. And I was going to do the same. And then I started to think about this situation, right? It's like, oh, taste him against the Jets. Sure, load him up. Right, fine. Except there is some risk here. The Jets are bad team. Can't stop anybody. Saints probably going to score, no problem. But. Kamara's coming back. And what if Kamara eats all the touchdowns? You can have a disappointment from Taysom Hill with Kamara there because it's so easy to run against the Jets that there is real risk that Taysom doesn't need to do a whole lot. So I originally came into the week thinking easy headless horseman lineup with Taysom Hill, right? I'm just going to play him naked. I'll take the 25. And now I can play all the players from the Bucks Bills without having to pay up for, um, Josh Allen or Tom Brady. I liked it. Interesting strategy. Then I rethought it, John. And I said, wait a second. If Kamara's back, and even better for Kamara, Mark Ingram out with the COVID. So now you got Kamara all inclusive. Now, normally you don't want to play Kamara with Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill does not check down to running backs. He doesn't throw to them. But the Jets are so bad against running backs that Kamara just on 18 carries, could easily score three times and take all the touchdowns. So there's a lot of Kamara just vultures the shit out of Taysom risk here to where, um, you know, Saints defense and Kamara rule the day and we don't get the 20-plus out of Taysom that you normally would expect um, just about any time he's playing. So there is some risk. There's also the possibility that Taysom throws a couple touchdowns to Kamara and it's all good. The, the Saints do not have wide receivers that are healthy. They have no one. And when I say no one, um, uh, uh, my boy, Trey Quizzles, the chef, Trey Quan, the chef, not good. He's not good. He sucks. Marquez Callaway, preseason fodder. He sucks. Can't run a pattern. Mark, uh, Trey Quan Smith can't catch a football. So these guys are not good. Nick Vanette, like who are they throwing to, John? It's going to be Kamara all day. And just playing defense and, and leaning on Kamara. It's, so will Taysom throw to Kamara? Will Taysom run the football? I don't know. But 
Taysom is not locked in for the high floor that I normally would give him just because the Jets defensively are so awful that they won't create enough resistance to where Taysom needs to do anything because Kamara's just eating them alive. So I have a nasty, scary feeling we could see the three-plus touchdown game out of Alvin Kamara here. Yeah, the Jets have given up just a ton of points to running and some big games, right? So the only games that they've they've looked good against running backs was Houston and Miami. Miami. And right. what are, what are, what are the two? Neither one of those teams has a running back. No, I mean other than that, I mean you've had yeah they gave up sixty nine running back points in the New England game, sixty nine points to the running back. You remember the Derrick Henry game against them? Unsurprising, forty five points. Um, you know, forty almost forty points in the Buffalo game to running backs. Unbelievable. How about the Colts fifty eight points they gave up to running backs in the Colts game last week. They gave up forty points to the running backs in Philly. So yeah, this is a scary game for, um, for uh, Jet. Again, it, it really comes Jet down defense. to like, can you trust Taysom Hill with such an easy pass uh, path to touchdowns for Alvin Kamara? Maybe they don't need Hill. That's a problem. I like Hill a lot more when when the team's going to be playing from behind, struggling. They got to move the football. That I don't think that's happening here. So while I, you know, I think Hill is playable. The matchup is great. Buyer beware, there is some concerns there, right? Um, so just keep it in mind. I, I, I'm not touching any Jets players against the um Saints. Uh, the defense is too good, and I still don't trust that Wilson is not terrible. So, where was that game? Oh, Saints Jets. Here we go. Um, next up, we've got the Falcons at the Panthers. Panthers, two and a half point road favorites or home favorites, 42 point Garbaggio. Uh, game total, another shitty game total, John. Um, it's going to be hard to glean any sort of DFS goodness from this one. Anything uh, on either side uh, from a betting perspective that stands out to you? Yeah, from the betting side, the you know with the number under three, that's where the uh, the sharps have come in. So they they like the two and a half with Carolina um, on this game. So um, yeah, you can't get too excited from a from a, a DFS standpoint. Big, big bet from the Wise Guys show on Carolina. I'm sure, you know, yeah. I know, I know Mr. Gargano is a big Carolina guy. He's made some of his big, uh, some of his big hits have been on Carolina. This one as a favorite, but he's, he's had them in a couple of big dog spots this year. Car you know, I mean, Carolina's still looking at, you know, they've got to kind of run the table. I don't think they're going to get there, but outside shot that they could, they could still get to the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you know, the only team I, I forget, they actually said that the lions are still mathematically a lot obviously that's not going to happen you know the lions are still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs believe it or not that's ridiculous yeah but um crazy yeah on, on the panther side of this game they fired the offensive coordinator um they said we're not running the football we want to establish a run we, we haven't been happy with the way that you know the balance on the team it makes sense uh why are you throwing with cam newton he can't really pass very well he doesn't have accuracy he's he's a disaster out there if you if you um, kind of put him in, he can he can helm a team at times, but you know he's he's a risky guy out there. You don't want him throwing a football, slinging it. It's Cam Newton, overthrower. But with that being said, from a DFS angles, number one on the Falcon side, I guess you could say that Cordero Patterson is in play every week because he's you know he just occasionally smashes, and when he does, he's he's taken down tournaments for you. So you've got to play a little Cordero even in the worst of matchups like this one, which is not a good matchup. Um, but you got to play a little Cordero. 
But the flip side for me, the, the player that stands out the most, Chuba Hubbard, interesting. Again, team going to establish the run. Chuba has no competition for touches. Interested in Chuba Hubbard. Um, mild interest in DJ Moore as well. He's priced pretty low. It's a, it's a very good matchup. And, you know, his A dot is so deep. Like, it doesn't take but a couple of receptions uh, from Newton for Moore to pop off. And here's what I see happening, John. I see a game where the Falcons' defense is just bad, right? They're bad. Newton, much like uh, I talked about earlier with some other quarterbacks, uh, like with Lawrence, Newton is absolutely horrible when he's up against a good defense that could pressure. Never play him against a, a top 20 defense even. Not a top 10. Top 20. You got problems. But against a bottom 10 defense like the Falcons, that's where Cam Newton's fine. He's got time to stand in the pocket. He can deliver the football. He can, you know, plant his feet so he doesn't overthrow the wide receiver. He's not great, you know, if he's moving around or anything. But if he's just able to plant his feet and throw it, he can usually hit a wide receiver. He's got that. He's got that ability. Um, plus, I just think Newton's super cheap, and he does like to vulture the tutties. No Christian McCaffrey here. I like, and dare I say, you guys know my hatred for Cam Newton. It's it's well known. I've made no bones about that. I think Newton is playable here as your pay down quarterback in a matchup that's really good. Um, where he just, you know, he doesn't do a whole lot, but he still gets you to 20 fantasy points. Finally, figures figures it out with his legs, throws for a couple touchdowns. Whatever it is, he gets you to 20 for 54, 5,300 on DraftKings, John. Am I crazy? I'm not, I, or even stack with DJ Moore, but I, I just play him headless also. Yeah, I think that's probably the way you'd have to play it. Because I, I, I think for him to get there, he's going to have to be running the ball into the end zone. So you're going to have to get the, you know, and, and that's what he's got to do. He can yeah. get, I mean, he can get two easily down at the goal line, and this could be a low-scoring game, but he just gets the the two touchdowns. So I, I could totally see that. If I played him, I, I'd be more apt to play him solo. That That's the way I would go. I don't like much else in this game, though. Yeah, naked Newton. Naked Newton. That's it. A little Chuba Hubbard if you want. A little naked Newton. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, I, I mean, uh, Atlanta is just they atrocious suck. across oh, the and board. Panthers defense is going to be one of my favorites. And Panthers league. defense is really good. That's the thing. I mean, Panthers defense is quality. They're above average against every single position um, on a fantasy from a fantasy standpoint. So yeah, I'll be I'll be all about the Panthers defense. I'll, I'll be all about that. Then they're pro they're one of my favorite defense plays of the week. So um, yeah, I think you get some goodness on the Panthers side. Uh, just hoping that Newton, oh, I hate playing Newton, but hoping that Newton just can run a couple in against a bad defensive team. It, it's hard yeah. to predict defense, but the best team to uh, play defenses against has been Atlanta. That's right. Uh, they're, they're bleeding points. Um, all right. Next up, we got Seattle at Houston. Seattle Road, seven and a half point favorites. And there's an angle here uh, that, that's interesting to take a look at, but Seattle basically kind of blew their shot at having any sort of playoff run this year um, last week. And there and rumors, uh, you know, I already heard that Russell Wilson's talking about willing to wave my, wave my no trade clause for Team X and Team Y and all of that. So the rumors are swirling, and it feels like Seattle is getting ready to throw in the towel on the season. You know, it's not our year. I don't know what's going on with them, but it's not. Now, sometimes that could turn around in a hurry and against a shitty Houston team. Maybe that's the time where we get the vintage 
Russell Wilson, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, cooking game. But I don't know. Uh, 41 point total doesn't look so good here. Um, anything, would you bet this? Yeah, I mean, the public is all over, um, is all over Seattle in this game. I don't, I don't particularly like it. I don't like the game, but everyone's on Seattle. There's not a lot of money coming in on the Houston side of this game. So I guess, I mean, that's pretty understandable. It, Seattle, I mean, you know, for Seattle to be a seven and a half point favorite, the way they've looked, that just shows you how bad, uh, Houston is. Davis Mills taking over. Yeah, I mean, with Taylor, I think it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit it's better. I don't know. Tara Taylor has been shit. He's been so. bad too, but they would give him, I, I don't, you know, it'd be a couple more points, maybe a point and a half more uh, shaded towards Houston. Either way, this Houston team, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing there from a DFS standpoint. Um, oddly enough, it's not the worst game, you know, the Carolina game that we, that we pointed at outside of, you know, taking a shot on Cam. And uh, there's even there's even another game that I've got worse than this one that we probably have coming up uh, shortly here. Yeah, but yeah, I don't rough. I don't like this game at all. I can't really give you, um, you know, I can't give you anything on here now. Can like you said, can we get a situation where you know it's that one last hurrah here with Wilson and maybe a locket or maybe a, I mean it could happen. I mean the Houston. Mm-hmm. Realistically, I've got seven years of experience with with Russell Wilson that tells me that. They don't press the that if they're if they're leading they don't they don't pr- press the issue hundred hundred percent. Now we talk about how bad Houston you know defense is. They are they're below average, but they're not like atrocious in any one uh, against any one position. They're like a point worse than average against uh, cor- against quarterbacks. Point and a half against running backs. Point and a half against wide receivers. You know two and a half worse against the uh, tight end. So it's not it's not crazy bad. Where Seattle's actually super bad um, defensively is against the running back, but it's like. Houston doesn't have a running game. Houston doesn't have a running game, you know, and Houston is the second worst offensively in running back points scored. So just no, they they don't have a running back of of any sort of use. Um, and you can't if Seattle, so I'll just say it like this if Seattle had a running back that was featured, if like Chris Carson was still on the team and they had a featured running back, I'd be interested in that guy in a game like this. But Mm -hmm. since they don't, um, and we're gonna get a three-headed weird monster between Alex Collins and Richard Penny and Travis Homer and and whoever the hell else they trot out there. It's it's gross. Avoid this game. DFS. There's no DFS angle. I don't even want to play Seattle defense, really. I just want to stay the hell away from that one. That game is a stinker. All right. Next up, we've got the Lions at the Broncos. Another 42.5 point stinker with the Broncos as home. 8.5 point favorites. And, and I do have one thing. I, I don't think you can bet the Broncos as an eight and a half point favorite ever. They're not that kind of a scoring offense, but John, I don't know. Maybe you feel different to me. I'm not betting that game. No way. It's yeah, it's a tricky game. Again, Denver's where the money's coming in. Not, not shocking. So it's like four to one. Not for uh, me. Not money. For me. Yeah, no, I get it. You don't want to lay that kind of point, but the defense is pretty good, right? So, you know, you do expect that they'll be able to, to hold them down. That's why you don't like this game necessarily from a fantasy perspective, but what is, Detroit has been average against all positions except the running back position, where they've been one of the worst teams against running backs. So that makes it interesting here because Denver can run the ball it's, in a it's, game it's, where they're a high favorite. It's very simple in this game. If Melvin Gordon is out, then Javante Williams is a lock button play this week. 
when I say lock button, I mean, even you, John, should lock it in. You make it 150 lineups, 300 lineups. I don't care how many fucking lineups you make. I will lock that shit in because the Broncos are a team that wants to run the football. They're going to run the football. They're like, uh, it's, it, it's like the Browns. And I don't like the Browns, but when, when Dearness Johnson is the sole starter for the Browns, you play Dearness Johnson. It's the same thing here. First of all, Javante Williams is elite talented and eight and a half point favorite at home. If he's the only guy, if we don't have to contend with Melvin Gordon, then we can lock button all in core play on Javante Williams. Don't even think twice about it. Be like, oh, I took care of that one variable in my lineup. I've only got seven or eight left to worry about. And that's that's how you play it, right? That's how I'm that you. That's how I'm going to play it. Well, I, I, know, I mean, I can't argue with you because, yes, they are going to run the ball against a team that can't stop the run, and they're a big favorite. So, I mean, it's got all the makings there, and it's a good price. So it's know, a lock getting... button situation. I'm just waiting. I want it. Make it easy for me. Make it easy for me. I like eliminating variables, John. And when I can eliminate that one variable, then there's only these other ones that I got to worry about. We had a couple weeks ago where we loaded up on these three running backs last week. That's why we crushed it last week because I was like, oh, well, Gibson and Eli Mitchell. And, and there was like three running backs that I could just load up on uh, David Montgomery. And, and I was like, all right, this made, this made this week easy. I just, don't have to worry about running backs. They just got to choose a good QB stack and we'll we'll kick some ass. So we kind of get that this week if Melvin Gordon is out. Stay down, Melvin. Stay down. One more week, please. Give me one more week. Make it easy. That'll make it easy. All right, that's enough on that game. Piece of shit game. Don't there's play anyone else. from uh, uh, the Lions ever. They stink. All right. Here's another stinker between the Giants and... And the Chargers, and you know when a team is a 10-point favorite, as the Chargers are at home, in a game with just a 43-point total, that the fantasy football odds makers do not think the Giants are going to produce a lot of offense in this game. But can you lay 10 on the Chargers against Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon? Man, Glennon looked bad. He stinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jake from um, Jake from is the unknown. Could be Mike White. We don't know. Legend. The Could legend. Be. What if Jake from comes out and he's awesome? That would be a big what if. The Chargers defense has, has been pretty good. I mean, they've been good against the quarterbacks, been good against wide receivers. From a betting standpoint, uh, we are seeing more of the money come in on the Chargers, not shockingly here um, on this game. But the Chargers defensively, I mean, this is not a spot. You want to take an unknown or backup quarterback? Uh, Chargers should be able to handle it. So from from that standpoint, I, I mean, I, I, there's not a lot that I like. Um, Chargers defense the is side. the only play here. Um, you play the Chargers defense. Austin Eckler, do you pay up for Austin Eckler in the spot? Boy, it's it's very tempting because the Giants are just awful against the uh, awful against running back, and this is a situation where you could see Eckler getting a ton of. Uh, you know, if they're winning this game, Eckler gets a ton. He gets a ton of the workload anyway. Um, and their passing game may just be reduced to kind of dink and dunk, you know, using the pass game as a running game if they're up in this game by, you know, two touchdowns plus. So, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to pass on Eckler. Another good option. But what are you paying? I, I would assume it's going to be a pretty high price. No, he's the second most. He's right. Yeah. The problem is Kamara's right there and Kamara's so much better. 
Kamara um, from uh, Florida. Yeah, Kamara is a better. Kamara is definitely in a better spot, but this isn't a terrible spot either. You yeah. know that that's the hard part about going all in on these guys. There's there's you know a few guys. Yeah, that you could go all in like we talked about Williams because of the price. Yes, you know, you're coming in lower. But it could be either or. It could be both of these guys. So it's a matter. Of, that's why I like MME because I'm going to have, you know, I'll have a, a few mix it in. a few Ecklers and a, yeah. and a and a few uh, Kamaras. And if it's both of them, you're hoping you get the rest of the combinations. But yeah, I don't I don't have any problem uh, with Eckler in this game. I think he's almost as good as uh, a play as Kamara. Mike Williams on the COVID list. Uh, Keenan Allen actual has COVID. Mike Williams because of a close contact. That's I think Mike thing. Williams will play. I think Williams will play. I don't think Allen will play, um, I, but I do expect Mike Williams to play. I think he's playable, um, but again, I don't know how much the Chargers are going to need Mike Williams. I think they're going to do it via the run. I, I'm not. I, I don't have Herbert as one of my quarterbacks in my mix this week. I don't like the lack of weapons. I don't like the fact that they're playing against a shit team and where their defense can easily dominate this game. We might see the backup running back um, in the game in the fourth quarter where they're up huge. So. It's not a game where I want to load up on um, fantasy pieces across the board. Um, and the Giants actually have a decent cornerback that could probably match up okay with Mike Williams right. anyway. Although when you throw it to Mike Williams, he's going to smash. I just don't know that they'll have to throw it to him that much where it's going to matter because it's a non-competitive style game, most likely, uh, where the Chargers defense is going to be doing a lot of the work here. So, um, yeah, overall... Not a whole lot of fantasy goodness to want it for me in this particular game. It's pretty ignorable. I think Chargers defense, certainly um, an exciting play. It's rare that I'm excited about a defense, but, you know, if Jake Fromm is in there or Mike Lennon or Daniel Jones, they all turn the football over, you know, it doesn't even matter. So, you know, Chargers defense would be uh, interesting. But You know what's, you know what's interesting is how well – Chargers and and obviously it's uh Herbert how well he's done against the teams you know from a fancy uh point standpoint against um the teams that they've played uh above the average so he's there he's actually one of the best quarterbacks right there with the actually he's above Tom Brady I think number yeah he's number one because they played really tough defenses and he scored well against them so he's probably not number one I haven't looked at it in just uh net points um, but he's up there, which I didn't I didn't really uh, even realize. One nice he thing about Herbert made. is his running situation benefits him, his RB situation, because uh, Eckler is a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes for touchdowns. He's not just running for touchdowns. Um, so whereas a Brady could get vultured by Fournette, as we've seen a couple of times, and, and a couple of these other guys like uh, Joe, Joe Burrow gets vultured by Mixon like crazy, and, um, uh, you know, G Dak gets vultured by... Zeke Pollard every game it, it seems like and and even you know Kansas City has had running backs really produce well you know the one team that really that's not what's going on with the Chargers because Eckler's such a pass catcher that even when the running back is smashing he does tend to drag Austin Eckler uh Herbert with him in those scenarios so um, he's a little less likely to get vultured by his running back. And I think that that affects his statistics, but yeah, Herbert's awesome. There, there's an argument for next year. Where, and I, I don't, I don't subscribe to it yet, but Herbert is easily now a top five overall quarterback. And there are arguments to place him as high as top two from a fantasy perspective. Uh, you know, I think top three or four is more realistic where, you know, you still got Mahomes and Josh Allen as sort of the big dogs, 
But, um, you know, he's right there. He's on the fringe. Kyler Murray, there's a there's a big four at quarterback, fantasy-wise. And I think Herbert's in the big four at this yeah. point. Well, look at the, you know, if you've played, if you've been in survivor pools this year, you haven't had an opportunity to take the Chargers all that much. Look at their schedule. Like, they've played a pretty tough schedule thus far this year. So I was just kind of looking at it now. I'm like, ah, how, how have they been in situations where they've been a big favorite? They haven't really been in that spot. Um, as a mon, you know, as they haven't been a double digit favorite, I don't believe all season. I mean, they've played a, a pretty, uh, a pretty tough schedule. I mean, if you want to say like Philly was one of the worst teams they played, that's not bad. Um, so they've played a, a, a difficult, uh, schedule this year. So we don't know, we haven't seen what they're going to look like in a game, like in a game like this. And like you said, you don't typically want to start targeting games where you've got a 10 point favorite, but I do like the, uh, the Eckler, um, play here, um, you know, I think it's just a similar spot as Kamara is. Maybe give the slight nod to to Kamara. Yeah, all about it. Um, and I agree with you. Um, Kamara, like I said, I don't I don't normally play Kamara, but man, there is that. If he's ever going to do the five touchdown thing that he does on occasion, this is the one. Um, and I I believe John that is it for the NFL Week 14 main slate of games. That's it. Um, now, for those of you guys watching this, I will be back later today with a showdown breakdown. Looking at tonight's game between the Steelers and the Vikings. So stick around or make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you get notified when we go. I'll have the goat, the other goat, Bobby Moneybags, on with me to break down tonight's game. Always awesome. Um and for anybody playing this week's main slate, remember to get signed up at DFS Army as a VIP. Of course, you can use my promo code GEEK. If you're not currently signed up as a DFS Army VIP, you get 10% off. Why not? A little discount. Get the Domination Station Optimizer, the projections. Get John's power rankings. Everything we do, cheat sheets, core plays, everything for NFL. It's a non-stop party in DFS Army. Get in there. And of course, if you don't have the Sharp app, make sure you download it. It's a free app. Make sure you download it. Um, we've just added, you ready for this, John? We just added the betting handles in, so you will be able to see the public, the Sharp money, all of that. With the next update, I don't know if it's hit yet. Might hit in an hour, might hit in five minutes, might be two hours from now. And we have some incredible um, additional features coming soon. I'm working on a player center, John, that no one has ever even conceptualized. We have game, we have game centers. Wait till we have player centers. It's going to blow your minds. So make sure you get that Sharp app. It's free. Download it. You know, iPhone, App Store, all that good stuff. I will see you guys later today for the showdown breakdown. John, uh, representing Sharp, thanks for popping on. As always, good luck this weekend. Thank you. And I will see you guys next time. Deuces, everyone. Deuces, everyone.